Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reset Button episode numero... Ten. Ten, 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 ten. <laughs> ten weeks and growing strong, friend. How does this make you feel? Ten weeks sounds like an accomplishment to me. It is. It's a small road... Uh, road what is it? Not a road map. Or bump? No, a road... <laughs> I know what you're trying bump. to say. not a road bump. Anyways, you know what I'm trying to say. It has been an accomplishment for us to be going strong, and it has now been ten weeks. And I didn't think we were going to survive three or four weeks. I thought it was going to be something that I was just going to be like, hmm... Hmm. Let's just keep moving forward or maybe not, Sharon. Maybe this is it. But then guess what, people? I was wrong. We actually liked it. Yes, I absolutely loved this. I was wrong, friend. I I'm gonna admit to the fact that I was wrong. I didn't think that we would be going past three episodes. Which leads us to our topic today. I'm very sorry then that I was wrong, (laughs) Sharon. What are we going to be talking about today, Carlos? Today we're going to be talking about... And that doesn't count, by the way. Oh, I totally admitted it. Today we're going to be talking about how to admit that you're wrong. (laughs) Or how to actually change your life by learning how to admit that you're wrong. And that doesn't count, Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking away like, I am not going to let this Christmas get into me. (laughs) No, but absolutely. I think that admitting that we're wrong is one of those things that as humans, we tend to not empower or... or It's an ego thing. Totally ego-driven. I learned what the word ego meant, by the way. What what does ego mean? I love to listen to Chopra, uh, Chopra, Deepak Chopra, or I forgot his name. Gosh, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but it's it's not Tupac, it's Deepak... (laughs) (laughs) But you've been you've been Deepak bringing that Chopra. you've been bringing up a lot about this person. Well, to you off mic, yes, I have. But he is one of those people that told me. Well, he didn't tell me, but he personally told. He personally you. said, "Carlos, I've been listening to your podcast, and I think his name is Deepak Chopra." Deepak Chopra. Deepak. Chopra, yes, Deepak Chopra. And he's an amazing motivational speaker. And he is one of those people that I love to listen to. And he said that ego stands for edging God out. Interesting. Very interesting. But that's, we'll, we'll keep that one for another episode. But that's my ADD kicked in and you said something about ego. And then that's where I went with my story. But admitting that you're wrong. Again, I think that this is one of the things that as humans, ego step into this equation and then we many a times forget that that we're wrong and it's a beautiful thing to recognize when you are wrong and simply saying i'm sorry two of the hardest words sharon that have ever come out of my mouth have been i'm sorry why is it so hard for you to say i'm sorry it was this is now a learned trait that I have mm-hmm. where I, if I am wrong, I will say I'm sorry. And Tim was the first person, Tim, my husband, was the first person to make me realize the fact that if I'm wrong, I'll just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh, like I'm wrong. And that's it. You were, you wouldn't say anything. And I, that was it. That was, that was it in the past. Although you say that I've been wrong and I haven't said anything about it, but you know, I'm going to throw myself under the bus before you throw me under the bus. But I feel like lately, If I am wrong, I will try to correct it, you know, because to me, being wrong and not owning up to it is almost like stealing. Okay, explain. That's it. 
I have nothing. It's like else. stealing. <laughs> it's like stealing. It's stealing in many ways. It's stealing joy. It's stealing okay. many of things. It's stealing your own happiness because now you have something that is have now has become some sort of, you know, consuming ill feeling within yourself that is just eating away at your at your soul at your at your being because you're having to retell yourself this lie of or not even a lie of just being wrong and not recognizing but lying to the rest of the world you know it's a lie got it you know what i'm trying to say with that one yes it's almost like you're yeah you're not owning up to what you did Absolutely. So it's stealing and it's stealing, not just it's eating you up inside. It's, it is. It definitely is one of those things that can eat you up inside. So definitely admitting that you're wrong is one of the beautiful things in life that it doesn't come very easy to people, but it does come easy to those that, I mean, I know you and I were talking off air that your dad was one of the biggest people that influenced you in admitting when you were wrong. So why don't you go ahead and share some of that light with us, friend? So my dad. Well, when we were growing up, like, you know, kids get in trouble. And whenever we would get in trouble. Did you ever get in trouble, friend? Very rarely. But Mm. the thing is, when I used to get in trouble, like, we wouldn't get grounded or anything. It was just more, my dad always talked to us. So whenever we would get in trouble and, you know, sometimes my dad would make a mistake and he would just not yell at us, but whatever. We would get in trouble for something that he might have thought, like, he made a mistake on. And he would own up to it and he would say like he would talk to us afterwards and he would apologize for it. He would say that he was sorry because he wasn't in the right when it came to that specific thing. So that's when I learned like how to apologize to people. So that's when I became more aware like that it's okay to admit when you're wrong and it's okay to say I'm sorry to people whenever you are in the wrong. So that was something that. Helped me when I was very little, because I'm like, if a parent can do it to their children, you know, because I, I was very little, then why not me do it to so everyone it else? It became one of your mantras in life, like to always admitting that when you were wrong to fess up to it. and Yeah, and I, I mean, I throw myself under the bus all the time. Like whenever I do something wrong in the salon, I'm the first one that I'm just like, yeah, sorry, you know, it was me. Or, I'm, or if I like say something to one of the girls or if... You know, whatever happens, I'm always the first one to say, like, hey, like, I'm, I did you know, it. I did it. Like, I'm sorry. That's one of the biggest pet peeves when you know that somebody did something and they're still trying to lie to your face and say, like, no, I didn't do that or no, I didn't. Whatever. Even though you hold all of the evidence in your hands that something was done, you know, whatever, that they did something wrong and they still want to say no. So at this point, it is living such a farce, such a lie, such a. I don't know, dishonesty. I mean, it, that's what it comes down to. And and I think it, when I was presented to me that way, that's when I started seeing things a little bit differently. Am I the perfect human? Absolutely. We all know that. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. You know, it's like we all have problems. We all have things that we make mistakes on. But you say that I don't always confess to my mistakes or, or fess up to my mistakes. So throw me under the bus. Show me like sh- and and. Geez, we're going to do this on air? Absolutely, friend. No, it's not like fessing up to your mistakes. I think it's just hard for you to just say I'm sorry. It is very you say, hard. You say I'm sorry in different ways. I will say I'm sorry when I slap you with a pair of Jimmy Choo's. Yes. Yes. So like <laughs> it's you say like I guess apologizing to people in the way that they want to be apologized to 
Or not even the like, way that they just, want to be different. apologized to. I guess it's the way that I apologize is by like, trying to make it, whether it be, you know, purchasing something for you or whether it's, I don't know, just so let's like, go to lunch or let's go to, I'll buy you dinner. Yeah. So I'll like Carlos you. apologizes by like buying things or like, yeah, like by buying things. But not so, always. This is making me sound like a no, asshole. no, 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 no. Like not like by like buying lunch or it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Like by buying lunch or buying something or whatever. And then, like the way I apologize is like just so talking. You, like, so buy your kolaches. I buy kolaches <laughs> <laughs> or Starbucks. No, is, is that what you called me no, Starbucks no, no. twice last no. week, girl? <laughs> no, I didn't this do anything. Christmas. I didn't now do anything bad. No, I apologize by I don't know. I just say it. I just talk about it. I think it's very important for us to, I think that's part of growing up and that's part about being an adult is like recognizing. And and we have some young listeners here, so I'm sorry if I cussed a little bit. But I know, for example, that it's a great feeling. It's a great trait to recognize, first of all, the first step to admitting that you're wrong is by recognizing the fact that, that you're wrong, that you were wrong, mm-hmm. right? Moving forward from that is doing something about it and apologizing to the person that you could have either hurt or that you were yelled at or that you accused of or whatever the the situation was whenever that was going down or whatever it is that you were wrong about. Even something as as easy as there were 10 ding-dongs or whatever in this box. Oh, no, there were only eight. I think somebody else already ate the other two ding-dongs. I'm like, no, there were 10 ding-dongs here and somebody stole them. And then I come to realize that, oh, my gosh, I ate those two ding-dongs. And I'm just remembering my water burger that went missing. <laughs> and I love that story. We're going to share that story, too, because I love messing with Sharon. If you guys didn't know that, I think my purpose in life, like we had talked about episode number nine, my purpose oh has my been gosh. to make Sharon's Sharon. lives a little miserable, just a little bit, and to get her to cuss. That's my second purpose in life. But anyways. The ding-dongs. Yeah, and, and then maybe, realizing maybe you ate the ding dongs, and if and I, you know what, and I had both of those two ding dongs that were missing. Well, I'm just giving you guys like a, an, a, example. A, an example, a story. I, I don't have a thing for ding dong. Well, anyways, I think that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that went south very quickly. Very quickly, that went south of the Rio Grande. But anyways, I think where I was trying to go with my analogy is that realizing is like, oh my god. I ate the other two and I just accused Sharon of eating them and now I feel horrible. So I'm just not going to say anything about it and go through life and be like, Carlos, did you ever find the two ding-dongs? I'll be like, Sharon, you know what? That's so yesterday's news. I'm over it. Like as opposed to being that person, like trying to just sweep it under the rug to just really be like, you know what, Sharon? I actually ate them. I forgot that I had you know, been intoxicated the night before and maybe had a little too much wine. And, and I was I, hungry. And I was really hungry. And for some reason... And I didn't have lunch and I was in between clients. I ate the two ding-dongs because I found the crumbs in my car. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, passing up to it, you know, realizing and moving forward. And that will set you free. That is going to give you such an amazing feeling. Like, you know what? I am just human. Sharon, I apologize. I accused you of eating the ding-dongs, but I realized that it was me that had to hit the ding-dongs. And And let's move forward. And it's as simple as that. And sometimes I do. and, and And I will throw myself under the rug. I stress bejesus out of CJ sometimes. And I know CJ listens to these podcasts. And there'll be days where I'm like, you didn't do this. 
And then I go back and I'm like, well, maybe I didn't tell him entirely. But I also know that CJ kind of lets things go through the falls through the cracks sometimes to the point where now I hold that story and he may have been doing those, making those mistakes. And then I hold that against him, like moving forward on to something new. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I I would just continue to like, oh, this was happening. And it was probably just because you, it's not that you forgot, you just didn't do it or whatever the case may be. But there have been several times where I'll go up to CJ by the end of the day and I'll give him a hug and I'm like, Thank you, and I'm sorry. Right. And sometimes I don't even have to say I'm sorry with the simple fact that I gave him a hug and I was just kind of like, dude, he's like, it, we'll get through this. Like with the whole build out of the salon. The, and in, sometimes that's what he needs. It's just like that recognition that yes. is like, you know what? I did we love up. you, CJ. Coming from, Car- <laughs> coming from Carlos. <laughs> you see how I got real quiet, CJ? Yeah, you know, I love you. But anyway. You see? It's hard to say sorry. I didn't say I was sorry. It was hard to say I love you. That's a whole nother episode. Oh, hell. <laughs> but I know that that's definitely recognizing the fact that that you made a mistake, a mistake and learning from it. Mm-hmm. Learn from your mistakes. You know, I think that that's one of the reasons, you know, my grandfather had this one very right and I'm not going to get political or anything, but he's like, if people would really learn from mistakes, we would not be continuously having war. If we always knew how to learn from a mistake and move forward, we would not be in war. And the man's been dead for several years now. And that is one of the things that he would always talk to us about. It was like, if you stop repeating mistakes, you will, I don't know. We, I mean, that was his, his analogy was for us to just, we would never be at war. But, but we're all human. Well, absolutely. We are human. And moving from that is that I feel that when people start, Knowing that you made a mistake, that you apologized and you moved forward and you talked about it. Like, I know I've been, I've made mistakes in life where I was, oh my gosh, there was a huge one. There was a huge mistake in life that I, you know, experienced or whatever. And I was like, I accused somebody of stealing something. And that was the worst feeling ever when I realized and ended up finding that piece of jewelry that was stolen. Even though this person had stolen from us in the past, and we knew about it, it was very easy for me to accuse her of stealing this particular item. And it was because we already knew that she had stolen from us and there was evidence and all that other stuff. So it was very easy for me to tackle something that was lost. And in my mind, it was like, you stole it. She's, I mean, I didn't tell her directly. She got fired from the salon. But anyways, in my mind, and when Tim and I were talking about it, it's like, there's no other person. This person did it. This person did it. And then... Almost, gosh, I can't even remember. It was a while before we actually found the jewelry that was stolen in one of my coat pockets. And it was just one of those things. And I never, I mean, this person was fired. They moved on. So I didn't have the, she didn't know that we were thinking this. But in my mind, I felt horrible because I was completely incriminating somebody about stealing something. Mm -hmm. And then it made me second guess myself whether or not this person was actually stealing from us. But I mean, point blank, they were. There was a lot of evidence about that. But anyways... It was one of those moments where I, I myself felt guilty, even though that person didn't know that I was even incriminating them about this particular situation. I felt very bad. I felt bad for even thinking that far. So now I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. And that's also a bad thing because now I'm just like, well, maybe, 
Maybe they really didn't mean to kill that person. Maybe they just kind of fell on their knife. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> just maybe. Just maybe. I mean, who Just knows? right on their neck. <laughs> just right through the carotid. But anyways, that's definitely one of the things that I have learned in life is not always jumping into conclusions. That will keep me from making a mistake that I would later have to admit that I was wrong to something. That's a good principle to keep in mind. Well, and I try to remind myself. I mean, I'm not going to say that I always do it, but I do definitely try to try to do it. Well, know? I think one thing that also happens whenever you um, admit that you're wrong is that you also gain the respect of others because right, that, they also look up to you and they also realize that you are human. And, well, it makes you trustworthy. Exactly. So it's a good way of it. I don't know. I think it's a good um, practice, a good mantra it's something that you see good in someone it's, it's a good it's, quality it's in a someone. good quality right it's a good quality well definitely i mean how many people golly aside from politicians can admit that they did something wrong it's hard it's hard i mean it's definitely a hard thing to do especially when it especially when you've hurt people in the interim you right. know if you guys were having a fight or you were doing something or saying something and then all of a sudden it's like holy moly I totally messed up. And I guess it depends Asking on the severity. Yeah. Depending on the severity. Like I said, for me, accusing somebody of, of stealing. That's, that's a big huge. One. That's big to come back from. That's that's one of those like, uh, uh, never mind. I found it. Sorry. Yeah. But, you know, it's it, the, the whole thing about saying sorry is also one of those things that there's some people that, okay, I it's admit empty. that I was wrong, but it's a very empty sorry. That's why I'll usually follow it up with some kolaches or Starbucks. So that it's not so empty. Yeah, but you can tell someone's like... Genuine? Yes, because... Yeah, you can tell by someone's like body language. Body language. You know I'm a huge person yes. on body language reading. Because if someone's just like, oh, I'm sorry. And they're just like eye rolling as their friend loves to do. Like, I'm and sorry. And then it's like they're having a seizure as they're saying it. Right. Then you know it's not genuine. Right. Versus someone who's just genuinely sorry. and Like, do you actually, have to have the whole tears and everything? No, it's not that. Because, you know, everyone who knows me knows that they're, my sorry is going to be very monotone. But No, you have a very... Well, maybe because I know you. When you say you're sorry about something, like, you can always tell. That you are genuine. That actually mean it? Yeah, that you actually mean it. Because last Saturday, or a couple Saturdays ago, mm -hmm. you, I said, Sharon, I need a chair. And I'm like, I have two chairs. And I got so upset with you. Oh, yeah. I was so mad that I, I had know. that I had to actually leave the salon and go to the back and service my client in the back. Because I was like, ah, I can't, I can't with I can't, Sharon right now. I can't now. even. But you know what? I'm one of those people that I'm very reactive and then I kind of like cool off. But you and I can talk about it later and be mm -hmm. whatever, right? But then you said, you know what? You weren't thinking. You were in the moment. You were two, three, four clients deep. And I was two, three, four clients deep. And you said, you know what? I, I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Because apparently or obviously. There was just a lot going on. You did not handle that very right so just be i mad. didn't <laughs> but i didn't and i and i knew it and, and i said, said i'm sorry i shouldn't have done that and you said it very you know it's so funny because somebody that doesn't know you would have taken that like a very superficial sorry but i knew that you meant it because it was just like okay i'm sorry about 
But even the fact that you even mentioned it for you to recognize it for me was huge. Yeah. But I was so mad at you. But, but I got over it. But it's okay. But we then we started talking like we 10 on. minutes later or maybe two hours. Yeah, I, I just came to, I came over and I just fingered your string and we moved on. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go with the string thing. For those of you that just tuned in and don't know about what fingering the string means. Please refer back to episode number two. <laughs> is, that what it, is that where it came up? I think so. Oh, it's about an extension method. So we're obviously hairdressers and... <laughs> and Sharon always, oh my God, this string, this string, this string. But um, no, moving <clears throat> back to <laughs> moving, moving back to admitting when you're wrong. I think that the first step of admitting that you're wrong is admitting the truth to yourself of like, what was the sequence of events or what was the story that went down that, that you made, you feel that you were in the right, but when in reality you were in the wrong. I think admitting the truth to yourself is the number like, one let's step. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah, get it. Let's get down to the nitty greeter. Greeter. <laughs> <laughs> to the nitty greedy. <laughs> let's get down to the nitty greedy. No, but yeah, let's be, let's be real about it. Let's, okay, let's, what happened? And, okay. Like, l- just be black and white. Yeah. Especially like, in this world of gray that we live mm-hmm. in. Maybe. Like, were you wrong or not? Come on. Like, it's yes or no. It's like, it wasn't like, yes, I was wrong, but it was because... And then trying to justify the reason mm-hmm. on why you were wrong. Yeah. There's many a times where I can be that person like, yes, I was wrong, but you made me do X, Y, Z. Yes. Like that's still a backhanded, you know, apology at that point. So it's just admit the truth. Like, were you wrong? Yes or no? Have you ever been wrong, Sharon? No. Yes, you were. Saturday <laughs> when you told me that you did. <laughs> but no, I moved on. I, apparently, yes. I have apparently, it, right? <laughs> apparently, you need some more wine, friend. I'm still holding on to a grudge. Anyways. So, yes, admitting the truth to yourself. So, just be real. Like, were you wrong? Yes or no? And so, when... Second... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was moving on, but go oh, ahead. You, you were moving me you on, were, and I was... You were still on step number one. You were one. pulling me. And so, going with the fact that you were very admitting the truth to yourself, because it is human. To, you know, there's a really cool quote that says... To err is human and to forgive is divine or something along those lines. I know mm-hmm. I always butcher quotes and everything. It's, but it's the language barrier. Is that what it is? Let's blame it on the <laughs> barrier language, language barrier. So anyways, it is all about to err is human and forgives divine. So the person that was telling the truth or recognized that they were wrong mm-hmm. on the other side of that story is that. And, you know, an apology is already hard for somebody to to say or to apologize. And for that other person to be receptive to an apology. To be open to, to it. Be, yeah. yeah, and be like, okay, you know what, Sharon? I forgive you for being such a dumpling. And taking all my chairs. <laughs> and taking all the chairs. <laughs> and I'm having to service my client in the back. And my neck was hurting and my feet were hurting and my back cracked. But you had a stage. <sighs> you saw me get on that duel, didn't you? Yes. And you probably were laughing the whole time. No, I was kind of scared for my job. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, was that the first time you were ever scared about your job, friend? Well, no, then we've like, got problems. Like, Not oh, just God. kidding. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to hear it later. Mm, yeah. No, but on the other side, people that are being apologized need to also internalize that it's very hard for somebody to say, I'm sorry. And they should listen. And listening with an, a genuinely open mind mm-hmm. to where they're not going to be argumentative and thinking about, okay, like when you were saying, I'm sorry, I could have been thinking in my head, but like, oh. 
but why did you do it or blah, 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 blah. And you made me run late. And because of you, her foils fell out and now she is broken. And no, that didn't happen. But what the what if, like elaborating yeah. on the story, right? So the other person, as opposed to being argumentative, they should t- genuinely be open and receptive and be ready to have an open discussion about be ready what to went forgive. down. Well, not even to forgive. At this point right now, let's just listen. Having open ears. Right. Having open ears and an open heart. Like I said, it's not easy. And I'm coming from somebody that has a hard time to say I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But when I also see the face of somebody that I'm apologizing to that already had to work up a courage for me to say that I was sorry, I don't have that problem as much anymore. But back in the day, I can go back and think about some situations in life where I was like, oh, like this is eating me, but I'm going to have to say I'm sorry. And then I work up the nerve to admit that I was wrong. And then to see the other person just be like, arms crossed, like lips pursed. Kind of like judging you like. Real judgy. Mm -hmm. Like, no. Like looking down to you. Like, don't do that. Be an open person and it be human and forgive. I don't know. Did that make sense? Yeah. I guess I I usually play these things differently in my mind. No, yeah. But no, definitely the other person should be very receptive and just be very simple and clear as well with the person that's admitting to that the fact that they're sorry. Like, don't make it as elaborate as this episode number 10 has been, right? But just make it very simple and clear and to the point. Sharon messed up. She took one of my chairs and, and I was having to work off the floor. And she said at the end of the day, we talked it out and she's like, I'm sorry. Like, it was very... It was literally one sentence. But it was simple. But that's also how I am. I'm very, like, to the point. Yeah, because you're not simple. You like to think yourself as being simple. I am simple. Girl, I know you should like some bling and bedazzles in life as well. But anyways. Well, yeah, but I mean. Admit that you're wrong. (laughs) I'm wrong. I want it all. You want some crystals in life. But anyways, no. So yeah, definitely be very simple with it. And then have an open conversation. Like, let the person apologizing say their piece. The person being apologized to be like, you know what? I'm glad that you said this because you really hurt my feelings. Or I'm very glad that you're saying this because I thought that I was being wrong. And I was being unfair to you. So there's always two sides to every story. And the truth is always going to be somewhere in the middle. That's one of the things that I've learned from my husband, that he's always, you know, he's he's taught me to understand humanity, you know, from a whole different level. And he's like, you need to, when you listen to a story, it doesn't mean that the story coming from that particular person, like you just heard the one side. Right. There's always the other side and the way that they interpret it and internalize their story. And then the truth is always going to be somewhere down the middle. Mm -hmm. So always be ready to just be receptive and open to the person that's apologizing, but then discuss what will be different. What was the learning experience? The learning experience from this. So why don't you shine a little bit of light on that friend? discuss how you can move on from that situation so do you need an example it can yeah give me an example so um a few weeks ago one of the girls and i had a little one-on-one and who were you having this one-on-one with with? tressa with tressa so we sat in the back and we had a little one-on-one and hello tressa if you listen to us and we discussed what was the situation at hand. Biscuits and Skittles? What's her Biscuits handle? and Skittles. I'm just no, kidding. She's, she's Roses and Poses underscore oh. 
let me not forget the underscore. Oh, don't forget the underscore, friend. Uh, she is an upcoming blogger. Her handle is underscore roses and poses. If you guys are interested in following her, please do. So we just had a little one-on-one. We had a miscommunication happen at the salon, and we sat in the back, and we just talked it out. And we I admitted that I was wrong about something that hurt her feelings, and we just figured out a way to just work around each other. And it was just something that was just a miscommunication, and I did something that I shouldn't have done, and I had to say I'm sorry. And we had to figure out a solution to the problem. And we had to figure out a way to just figure out how to work with each other. So, how to work with each other. So, you know, and we've done that. I feel I like we came to a good compromise, I guess. Is it a compromise or right? is it a good solution a to it? A good our, solution to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you do have to compromise. Some, you know, you have to meet somewhere in the middle. So last week we had a very interesting exercise at the salon. I had or a few weeks ago. A few. Was it when? What? I think I don't even remember what week or month this is anymore. <laughs> Where are we? Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I think we had this exercise. Excuse me. But anyways, I had an exercise with a whole salon. And I had already heard a little bit of negative talk from different people at the salon. And I I came in in a horrible mood one morning to an Academy Wednesday, Mm -hmm. Trademark Academy. And we normally have Academy on... Wednesday mornings. So Academy Wednesdays are when Trademark... Salon has their education mornings, and that's when we go over just blow dries or cuts everything. or just we, we go over our education. And I came into the salon with the worst mood. I was already in a bad mood, you know, all day, the night, the day before, because I was going to have to come in and approach it. And I made everybody, I walked in, I know it was, it was very quiet. It's one of those days where you can literally cut the tension with a knife. And I said, I want for every single person to get a piece of paper. And everybody's like scrummaging for a piece of paper and a pen, right? And I said, okay, now I want everybody to write the most negative thing that you have to say about anybody in this room. I want for everybody to give me the most negative or the thing that you want to talk about somebody and just tell it to their face. I don't want anybody to write their names on these post-its or whatever. You're just going to write them down. And everybody was just reading and writing and, I mean, writing things down and kind of nervous in a way because they're like, what the heck is about to go down? And they saw, very. I think it was very clear, wasn't it, Sharon, that I was a little upset that day? Well, yeah. I can't hide it. So anyways, then I said, okay, now everybody head outside. And it was pretty cold that morning. Yeah, and some some of us were a little under the weather. And some of you were a little <laughs> sick. But it's okay because we all learned something that day. But so I was reading some of the things that said, you know, I one of my team members said something along like they felt like I only had my best interest at heart. Like it was just me, like mm-hmm. I was being very selfish. And for those of you that know me, I mean, I don't have to justify myself, but I am not. I'm the least self-centered person or the least, how do you say selfish. that? Selfish person, right? I'm always giving. So anyways, we read some things that were actually very hard to digest as a team. But Mm -hmm. we went through a purging phase. And where I'm going with this is that people, tying it back to our story today, is that people were realizing that they were in the wrong. And it was a beautiful thing, just like you were talking with Tressa. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I do in with our team is like, as soon as I see something wrong going on like that, and I even told you and I spoke with Manny, I had dinner with Manny the night before mm-hmm. um, we went down to this and we weren't talking about that, but I'm like, I need to do this. 
I feel like I really need to go into the salon and just kind of like shake things up. I'm going to be very honest with you. I did not even know that that was going to be the exercise that I was going to do. It somehow evolved it into, into that. that. And then I went to the back because I was so mad that I had to walk away from the room for a second because I was to that point. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I saw that gray silver vase that we have. It's made out of pewter or something. And so we took all of our negative things and I re- and I read them out and I turned around and I spoke to the team and I said, how does this make you feel? Right. And I know I'm going off on a tangent, but where I'm tying it back into it is that people were feeling like, oh, my gosh, now I know I was wrong. They had different stories or they were internalizing stories that did not have anything to do with the way that they were making them feel. Sometimes you have to step back and look at the bigger picture. Right. But it's almost like you have to say it out loud. Exactly. It's like you have mm-hmm. to voice it out, right? Yeah. And people were like, oh, I'm sorry. And I think it was Lena as well that stepped mm-hmm. up and said something to Tress. And now these are all our team members. These are some of our rising stars. And they were like, I'm sorry that I did this or that I made you feel like that. So it was a very eye-opening eye-opening exercise yeah. that we had that morning. So I think for that. And it's I, all admitting and going back to admitting that you're wrong. That, yeah. The first step to being wrong is mm-hmm. admitting that there was a problem or admitting that you were wrong. So, friend, how are we going to wrap this up with being wrong? Find someone that maybe you feel like you have that tension. You always have that person in your life that you have some kind of conflict with. Conflict with. So find that person and figure out what's going on. And I know that this message is going out very strong for some of you listening to us at home or whether you're watching us on YouTube, that we all have that one person, like Sharon was saying, that we have this not necessarily unfinished business, but going back to we always have that particular conflict with or you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I was wrong. And this is speaking so loudly to me right now. Be the bigger person. Be the person with the bigger pants. Not figurative. This is figuratively not, not (laughs) (laughs) be that bigger person and just go up to that person today and say, I am very sorry for dot, dot, dot. And I think that's a good way to end this. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the Reset Button Online. This has been our episode number 10. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Carlos Alvarez. This is Sharon Mahano. And we will be seeing you guys very, very soon. Thank you guys for listening again.